You're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh, and hanging out here with me, as always, is my co-host, Kristen Edwards. Yep, right here, like always, and counting down the days until Christmas. It seems like it's been no time at all, Gina, since we were talking about our word choices for 2022, and now, here we are, first day, last month of the year. Oh gosh, it's crazy when I think about how fast the time has flown. So, how are you doing in your Christmas shop? Oh, I get that wrapped up before Halloween. <laughs> But with only one kid, it's pretty easy. And then there's just a few random things. I even had my Christmas cards ordered, addressed, stamped, and in the mail right after Thanksgiving. I am on track this year. But one thing that has made my gift giving easier is gifting our Only Schoolers books. Because earlier this spring, we debuted our first book, yay, a homeschool vocabulary, A to Z with the Only Schoolers. And I'm giving that to some family members who've kind of always been curious about the homeschool lifestyle that September and I share. It really is the perfect gift for family members who don't understand what homeschooling is all about. Um, And as a thank you gift for some of my homeschool mom friends who have kind of helped out over the year, they're getting copies of the new Only Schoolers meditation journal entitled The Best Year Yet. So if you're a friend of Kristen's and you received a book-shaped gift, um, act really surprised as you unwrap it, okay? (laughs) Or or maybe I'll trick you. I'll do some quirky gift wrapping magic and it won't even look like a book. But regardless, the meditation journal is the perfect gift idea for any of your homeschool friends. And at only $9.95 a copy, it's in exactly the right price range. And during this holiday season, if things get a little out of control, you can always reach out to us on the socials, Facebook and Instagram, and send us an email at onlyschoolers at gmail.com or ask us a what if question for us to answer on our weekly What If Wednesday mailer at Substack. Just search for the Only Schoolers handle. And don't forget to pop by our website. There's where you can find all of our episodes, links to our socials, and a spot to subscribe to Substack. And if you're looking for holiday activity guides, visit us on Etsy for Grinch Night Planners, Holiday Light Planners, lots more stuff. And at Spotify, we also have episode-specific playlists we have curated just for you. I mentioned the words that we had for 2022. Yours was ready. Mine was journey. So I'm curious, how did your word end up working out for you this year? Honestly, I think it turned out pretty well. Uh, My word was ready and I'm still ready for what lies ahead. And I am readying myself to make some changes and do some different things in my first official year with no homeschooling involved in it. Lots of things that I had been ready for happened, like Wyatt graduated, he started college, he passed the real estate exam that he's been working toward, he's gotten his real estate license, so I'm ready for a new word for 2023, but I don't know. How about you? How has the word journey been for you? There was some stuff I expected, some stuff I didn't expect, like, you know, publishing two books in one year. That was very unexpected, but a wonderful journey. Um, That one was a beautiful surprise. September and I journeyed quite a bit this year from the East Coast, and we went to the Southwest, and we went back to the East Coast. We, I think, are realizing that our time together as a homeschooling family is winding down. So our journeys were about creating new memories, but there was also a lot of discussing about what comes next for each of us. So having that word journey really helped me stay focused on both enjoying the moments from this year and learning from them as well. And a word like journey, it really is a great way to think about our topic for today's show, which is one thing leads to another. There are many truths to homeschooling and one thing leads to another is definitely one of them. Oh, for sure. Today, as we discuss the one thing leads to another aspect of homeschooling, we've got some spectacular quotes to go along with it. 
And as far as our talk goes, I am willing to bet that one thing will lead to another there too. Oh, it always does. (laughs) So the first few quotes we've picked out for the day kind of revolve around that ownership of education model that we are always advocating here at the Only Schoolers podcast. So we're going to be thinking about following a child's lead, which in our opinion really does represent homeschooling at its finest. Our first is from a relatively recent book that became an instant childhood classic. And this quote is sort of an umbrella for everything we will be talking about today. It is from Laura Numeroff, who wrote, If you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. And when you give him the milk, he'll probably ask you for a straw. And when he's finished, he'll ask you for a napkin. Then he'll want to look in a mirror to make sure he doesn't have a milk mustache. And on and on and on. Such a great book. But we're going to follow that one with another familiar quotation from a much older childhood classic by Lewis Carroll. Curiouser and curiouser cried Alice. And then we'll hit upon this quotation from one of my favorite novels. It's a more recent novel. It's called Harry's Trees by John Cohen. What other function do books have, the great ones, but to change the reader? Books to comfort, but most of all, books to disturb you forward. Then in the second part of the episode, we will talk about following that trail. And to help us do that, we have this line from G.K. Chesterton. Education is simply the soul of a society as it passes from one generation to another. And following next on that trail is Emily Dickinson, who said, dwell in possibility. Then we are going to turn to Amelia Earhart, who said, quote, no kind action ever stops with itself. One kind action leads to another. Good example is followed. A single act of kindness throws out roots in all directions, and the roots spring up and make new trees. The great work that kindness does to others is that it makes them kind themselves. And that quote seems so perfect for this time of year. There is definitely something about the holidays that sort of amps up my kindness factor and hopefully those around me. So to wrap up, we have just a little bit of wisdom from Ernest Hemingway, who said, One cat just leads to another. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. I expect that you have something to say about the whole cat business. But before we get there, let's jump in with Laura Numbroff, probably because she has provided such an utterly relatable story about how one thing really does lead to another. I have no idea how many times I read that book to Wyatt. I certainly had that book memorized (laughs) early on. What about you? Oh, for sure. And we even had all the spinoffs, you know, like if you give a moose a muffin, if you take a mouse to school, Merry Christmas, mouse. We are avid collectors of the authors we like. It's the giggle factor alone that makes the books really addictive. But I also like to think about how the books reveal a lot about our real life educational journey. For us, it was if you decide to homeschool your daughter, she's going to grow up just thinking learning is what you do. Then she'll probably explore her own rabbit holes of questions, and she'll probably ask you to take her to the library or help her find more sources of information. And then she'll need some paper and markers and scissors and glue so she can create her own interpretation of everything she learned, and so on and so forth, and what have you. One of the things I love about this quotation is that it applies to kids and to homeschool parents as well. For our kids, one interest leads to another or another skill that's needed in order to push that interest forward. So if you've got a child who hates math but loves to cook or sew or do woodworking, have no fear because those pesky fractions will become necessary to learn. 
And when your kid realizes that they have to learn how to do something in order to do something else they really want to know about, they will push themselves to figure things out. And much the same thing happens to us as homeschool parents. We learn all sorts of things because they become necessary to move the ship of homeschool forward. Now that I think about it, maybe this whole idea of if you give a mouse a cookie is what we're really saying when we tell people, trust the process. If you're curious and you're always on the trail of what lies ahead, chances are you'll find a glass of milk and a straw and a napkin and a mirror. Like Alice said, curious, sir, and curious, sir. I've always enjoyed Alice's adventures through the looking glass, and especially since as a homeschooler, we are always talking about falling into a rabbit hole. I mean, seriously, Gina, how often did you start off studying one thing only to have it lead you down all these rabbit holes of random facts and fun connections? How about every single day? Because seriously, rabbit holes are the name of the game in homeschooling and one of the very best ways to see how everything is connected somewhere. Exactly. And I think that's one of the reasons I quickly learned that planning more than a week at a time would not work in our house because we spent a lot of time indulging our curiosity. And as Alice says, things would get curiouser and curiouser. And we all know you just can't stop and write out spelling words when there are questions to be answered. So my favorite curiouser and curiouser moments are when we've had like 117 Google tabs open. We're toggling back and forth between websites to see where all the pieces fit. Okay. Do you have any favorite uh, curiouser rabbit holes? Man, that's like asking me to choose my favorite cat. <laughs> I would say, you know, one that I can really remember that I, I kind of fell into was when September was working on a geography fair project, her Antarctica versus the Arctic. It was a really fun series of Curiouser and Curiouser. I especially fell into a deep hole reading about the migration of Arctic terns. They fly pole to pole twice a year. I mean, well over 25,000 miles. And that's the minimum. And all that so they can always be where it's summer. But that led to where you can watch their migration, how you can watch their migration, how is climate change affecting them. I mean, it just really went on and on. I, I, I got really deep into that one. And I know one time I was looking up a poem by Lord Byron, and then I ended up reading all about his daughter, Ada Lovelace, and then her work in mathematics. I mean, talk about everything being connected. I went from English to math in no time flat, <laughs> which never happens in real life. Now, my daughter has fallen into several marvelous rabbit holes because she's watched the MCU movies. She's compared the stories in the comic runs. She's read Norse mythology to learn about Loki's origins. She's just fulfilling that glorious purpose of lifelong learning. So we talked about curiosity in our vocabulary episode where one of our words was wonder. And I think fostering that sense of curiosity really is everything when it comes to homeschool learning. Homeschooling provides every opportunity you could want to do that. So don't be so Johnny on the spot to answer all their 1001 questions right away. Practice Kristen's favorite technique of answering the question, with a question. Oh, they'll find it annoying at first, believe me. But then it's really amazing to see the little gears turning in their minds and wondering where they can look for the answer and, and what are they going to find when they get there. Exactly. So use those, I wonder why or, or how or where or when or who questions. Indulge in your own moments of, huh, that's really weird or what the heck's going on here? Those questions give our kids the nudge into curiosity that they need 
And once they develop the curiosity habit, it's amazing all the different things they will become curiouser about. In his antiques business, Wyatt is forever and always coming across a thingamajig or a doodad, and he won't have any idea what it is. But that's only the first step. And sometimes he hops online, starts doing a little bit of research. Other times he takes a picture of whatever it is and sends it to one of his antiquing buddies, you know, hey, John, you ever seen one of these? Usually somebody knows an answer or sends him in a direction. The great thing is within that circle of antique collectors that he has fostered for himself, he's now made a name for himself as being someone who knows. So he is now the one who gets texts of pictures from people saying, Hey, Wyatt, you ever seen one of these? So not only has curiosity led him to learn a huge number of things pertaining to history, the curiosity also led him to have a broad and interesting circle of friends who invite him to antiques presentations and introduce him to other people they know. It's, it's really been fascinating to watch. This is also my own public service announcement to remind everybody out there in podcast land that... During this holiday season, if anyone at a Christmas party or family gathering starts poking around, asking you how your poor little homeschool darling will ever learn to make friends, really, you can cheerfully tell them to put a sock in it. (laughs) And now we return to our previously scheduled program. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're talking about one of the grandest ways to follow a kid's lead. That's books. What other function do books have, the great ones, but to change the reader? Books to comfort but most of all, books to disturb you forward. Please note that when we're talking about books to change the reader, we're not just talking about reading, reading books. Yeah, because Gina and I, we are people who love to sit down with a good book and we will spend the whole afternoon reading. Our kids are not those people. So we're also talking about little kids who just page through books and do that pretend reading. We're talking about read-alouds that you share with your whole family. We're talking about audiobooks and even storytelling as it unfolds on the screen, as well as books that we read in a traditional way. When I first started thinking about this quote, I latched onto the idea of that books disturbing you forward bit. And because this is the topic of the episode, one thing leading to another. We are not suggesting that any toddler be disturbed forward, like right before bed, because at that time of day, we are wanting them to be comforted. So read the books that comfort them, even for the 378th time, send them off to dreamland. But even really young kids, they can read books that do disturb them forward. So here's my for instance. I've mentioned before that I work with children's book author, Julia Cook. Julia's got almost 100 books, more than 100 books, if you count the activity books that go along with things. Um, And they deal with all kinds of issues that kids face. So for instance, there's, I am a booger, treat me with respect, or it's you and me against the pee and the poop too. The booger book helps kids become curious to learn tricks to stop picking their noses with their fingers and use a tissue. The pee and the poop book helps little kids become curious with what it takes to take care of business in the potty and not in their pants. And if you're a parent, you know that those things can be hard to teach, but age-appropriate books really can tickle their curiosity and disturb kids forward and teach them better behaviors. So if you need help disturbing someone forward who's younger, visit juliacookonline.com. You can find all sorts of great books that deal with accepting no as an answer or dealing with anxiety, working through grief, accepting change, divorce, sibling rivalry, all kinds of things like that. So what about you? Where do you go with the books and curiosity and comfort and disturbing kids forward? 
Obviously, I love books. I've made it my whole career, my studies. And I really think that books are just a portal to a world of curiosity. I kid you not, I rarely read a book and then just set it aside when I'm finished because there is always, always, always something that makes me pause and want to learn just a little bit more. I mean, sometimes it's just an unusual word that I've never heard. And so I want to learn about why the author chose that particular word. Sometimes it's a bit of history that I wasn't familiar with. And so then that's going to send me down a huge rabbit hole of figuring out how it connects to the history that I do know. Sometimes it's a snippet of a poem and I want to know the rest of the poem. Books change us. I mean, even the ones that we know by heart, they offer something new with each reading because we've been changed by another book in between those readings. I mean, I never read A Christmas Carol every Christmas and not come away with some new insight. So I think when we hear the phrase disturb you forward, we kind of get this idea that it might be something troubling or uneasy or concerning, but that's really not what we're saying here. It's really just the idea that there's something in our mind or world that has been altered and it's been interfered with. And in homeschooling, that's a good thing. We want to pursue that. We want to figure out what happened there. When we can alter our perspective and we can look at things from a different angle, we can interfere with patterns that no longer serve a purpose. Well, that's the whole point. I mean, we want our kids to be disturbed. We want them to question the way things are and shake them up if necessary. We want our kids to see those connections and see where the connections missed. We want to disturb the status quo of education and offer an alternative way of learning. And that just brings us to part two. When one thing does lead to another, we as homeschool parents are tasked with following that trail. Or as G.K. Chesterton said, education is simply the soul of a society as it passes from one generation to another. When we decided to educate our kids at home, we also decided that the primary society we're passing the soul of was the soul of our families. And if you're a listener regularly to the Only Schoolers podcast, I don't think it'll be a super shock to you to hear us say that when we talk about the notion of homeschooling, the most important things we have to teach our kids aren't math or geography or spelling or conjugating verbs. Oh, for real. I mean, those are very useful skills at times, but they aren't the most important things. And certainly they aren't the soul of our home's society. So here's my advice. Decide early on in your homeschool journey what three or four things are the most important things, the soul of your society for your kids to learn. That might be um, a deep and abiding faith in God. Maybe it's creating a bond between all of your children so that when you as a parent are gone, their sense of family is strong and intact. Maybe it's helping your children take responsibility for their own educations and ownership of their own lives. Whatever the soul of your family society is that you're passing on, let those few things be the measure of your success as a homeschool parent. I think having a clear idea of what those core values are helps us keep things in perspective when a kid is struggling with any particular subject. Because your kid is going to struggle with this thing or that thing, something along the road. The Hearts and Unicorn Express may pass through the front yard from time to time, maybe even lots of times, but the Hearts and Unicorns will never, ever take up permanent residence in any homeschool. And I, I like that idea that when this education passes from soul to soul, we add to it with every generation. 
we learned more than our parents, our children will learn more than us. It's that idea of education disturbing us forward, really touching our souls as it does. And then we pass that along. So what do you think about Emily Dickinson's advice to dwell in possibility? For me, it's that idea that there's always something more to add to a conversation. We don't know what it is, but if we dig, it will be revealed, I think. I go back to my idea that I never plan more than a week at a time. And that's because I want to keep that door open for possibilities. I want to save time for the rabbit holes that we are inevitably going to fall into. I want our homeschool to be the place where learning is open-ended, where we're always considering there's something more to uncover. So I like to start planning our school year just by asking September, hey, what do you want to learn? Because I want her to consider all the possibilities, even the far-fetched ones that seem completely out of reach and like, why would you ever study that? Because we have had some of our very best learning when we opened our minds and jumped out of that box. And here's a thought. As you follow that trail, as one thing leads to another, you do dwell in possibility. And frankly, I think that also means dwelling in the possibility of good things and the possibility of bad things. Yeah, I mean, yikes, that that is true. Because opening the door to possibility means it's possible that something you weren't expecting, and maybe you don't even really want, will walk through. So, you know, my husband, he's a writer, and he writes mostly mystery, thriller, Western books, short stories. The same thing that makes him great as a writer also makes him see potential catastrophe around every corner. Well, that's good that you balance each other out then because Rich sees catastrophe and you're over here with have faith in the process. (laughs) Pretty much. But a few years ago, so we went to a free class. It was about an active shooter preparedness done by the Missouri State Highway Patrol. It was so good. And if you're in Missouri, contact your local troop headquarters, schedule a presentation for your homeschool group, church, civic organization, whatever. Um, But one of the things our presenter said that really stuck with me is this, there's possibility and there's probability. And those things are not the same. It's like that meme with, you know, there's a chicken and he's holding a hatchet and it reads, you know, your probability of getting killed by a chicken is low, but never zero. And now we know the plot of tonight's nightmare. I mean, I actually have been attacked by a rooster when I was young. So that scenario is not out of the realm of possibility in my life. Absolutely the same. Growing up on a farm, gathering eggs with grandma, I read the meme about killer chickens and I've got memories of being chased by a rooster and my little four or five year old self is like, I'm gonna die. (laughs) Seemed not only possible, but probable. In homeschooling, there are lots of things that are possible. You might blow up the kitchen with a chemistry experiment gone awry, or you might be in a car accident on your way to or from some activity. So Kristen, if you're driving in Missouri, is it possible that you're going to hit a deer with your car? Oh, yes, absolutely possible. It's never happened to me. Knock on wood, but it is definitely possible. I've I've run into a deer when I was in high school, scared the bejeebers out of me. But right now, at this time of year, it's mating season, the deer are out, they're running, especially after dark. So the probability you'll hit a deer is much higher right now than it is in April or May, but it never goes all the way down to zero. It's always a possibility. And because we know those things are possible, We work extra hard to bring down the probability that they'll happen by being a little extra careful. Same thing is true with homeschooling. While chances are, if you trust the process of homeschooling, everything will work out fine. But the possibility exists that it won't. 
And I think it's that possibility that serves to keep us diligent as homeschool parents. Did we unschool high school? Yes, we did. But I always kept my eyes on that prize of what does Wyatt want to do next? What skills does he need to have to accomplish that, to qualify for that? Then that affected the conversations that we had as we unschooled. And what if the answer to one of those questions was no or not yet? Then we got busy planning for those possibilities. One conversation led to doing this or that. One action led to something else. Just like Amelia Earhart said, No kind action ever stops with itself. One kind action will always lead to another because good example is followed. A single act of kindness throws out roots in all directions and the roots spring up and make new trees. The greatest work that kindness does to others is that it makes them kind themselves. So get busy, toss that bread of kindness onto the water, and in good time, it's going to come back to you. We recently saw this play out with Wyatt in his real estate exam. So he needed a recommendation for a real estate broker to hold his real estate agent's license. He wasn't really sure who to approach. So one day he was talking to a businesswoman here in town. Um, she's an older lady, and she has a reputation for being a tough cookie. I mean, she is hard to impress. But over the years, Wyatt has sold her antiques. He stopped by her shop. He's dealt fairly with her and he's developed a good relationship. So she gives Wyatt a recommendation. She makes a phone call and boom, presto, it was all done. The kind actions of a 16-year-old kid paid off when he's 18 and needing recommendations. Like Amelia Earhart said, the greatest work that kindness does to others is it makes them kind themselves. And that really is true which is also why it's important to be kind to yourself. Because if you aren't first kind to yourself on a daily basis, are you going to have the kindness to show the kids that you're homeschooling? Because one thing does lead to another. Or as Hemingway said, one cat leads to another. I think you know something about that. <laughs> if our town did not have an ordinance with a maximum of in-house pets allowed, our house would definitely be overflowing with cats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've got barn cats and you're lucky Loki started life as a barn cat over at our place. But here's what happens with them. You know, one cat shows up at the barn and we want that because they and mice and all kinds of rodents. You give that cat just a little food and water and, and encourage it to stay around. And the word goes out to all the cats in the world. Next thing you know, you got a cloud of cats because one cat leads to another. And the same thing happens with homeschooling. Learning leads to rabbit trails, which lead to personal and intellectual growth, which leads to getting out and sharing this new knowledge with others, which leads to interactions, which is going to lead you to new questions. And that's all because we dwell on the possibility that homeschool is the best way of providing our kids with the unique education that they really deserve. So listeners, how about you? What did you think of our quotes for today's episode? Has one thing led to another in your homeschool? What unexpected things did you learn from that experience? Let us know. Join us on Facebook and Instagram. Let's continue this conversation. Our handle is only schoolers in both places. And if email's your thing and you'd like to have a longer conversation, send us a line at onlyschoolers at gmail.com. Today is December 1st. So with the Christmas season well underway, please add our meditation journal, The Best Year Yet, to your list of gift-giving ideas for your homeschool friends. Truly, it is a great way to contemplate what education means to you as a homeschooler and how you can work to make your own homeschool the best year yet. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting us financially. You can visit us at OnlySchoolers.com and just drop a little something in the Only Schoolers tip jar. As the Christmas season unfolds before us this month, we hope that one good thing leads to another to you. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. We will see you in a couple of weeks for our very last show of 2022.